Hi, this is Gene McNaughton and welcome to the Sales Edge Podcast. Listen, this podcast has been designed for you and it's around my life's work, sales, hunting big deals, management, leadership, training, running organizations, and most of all, creating radical growth in your career and your company. I've been a learning machine since my first sales job at 16 years old when I discovered the beauty and the power of commissions, learning at first that I could make more than an hourly wage by selling more. In my early 20s, I discovered the personal development world, reading books, listening to tapes, and attending and paying for live events. And that's when everything really took off. I rose to the top of the charts as a seller at Gateway Computers. I was recruited to work with Tony Robbins as his global VP of sales and eventually went on to become his opening speaker around the world. I started a consulting firm with the great Chet Holmes that did over $10 million in annual sales. And I partnered with John Asraf to become a business growth strategist at a company called One Coach. And I want to thank you for giving me your time and giving me the opportunity to earn your attention and to join you, maybe even coach you about the premise of constant and never-ending improvement. I also want to say to you that I believe we're kindred souls. I mean, you're listening just like I did back in the 1990s when I was looking for answers. You see, I didn't have any real role models. And frankly, I was too shy to ask the people that could have been role models. I got, and then I got tired of the trial and error learning. I told myself I need to find people who have already succeeded and learn to understand what are the steps, what are the blueprints, what are the strategies that these results are happening in their lives, and how do I make that happen in my life? And I got to tell you, I have never stopped. I've never stopped reading. I've never stopped doing programs. I've never stopped listening to podcasts like this to always be learning and trying to get the edge, the sales edge. And when I say the word edge, this is not about having the edge over other people. It's about having the edge within yourself, the mental and emotional edge, the skills edge, the edge that allows you to unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. I want you to experience more success, and I'm sure you have some of that, and if not, I promise you that you will. And here's why. I've managed, trained, and led well over 10,000 salespeople. I've been the person that made the cold calls, 200 a day. I've walked in offices and got kicked out. I've made my way to the end of the deals and lost. I've made my way to the end of the deals and won and figured out what it took to win again and again and again. And at this stage, after consulting 159 companies and being with some other great companies, it is very evident to me that there are patterns that the very best managers follow. There are patterns of great salespeople. There's patterns of great leadership. There's patterns of great marketing. And there are patterns of great customer service. The Sales Edge podcast is designed to bring you the best of the best as it relates to these disciplines. This podcast is going to have guest speakers, not people that are pontificators on how to do something, but I'm going to go out and get the people that are doing it 
the people that are doing it and in President's Club, the people that are doing it and winning the awards, the people that are achieving at the highest levels and living a happy life. I want to interview them. I want you to hear what's on their minds because greatness is out there, my friends. And this Sales Edge podcast is where I'm going to bring it to you every single week, whether it's recordings of some of the best talks I've ever given in my career as a public speaker or it's interviewing champions in the world of marketing, sales, leadership, technology, CRM. I have access to all those people and I'm gonna bring them to you for you to learn. So the key is, is what are you thinking? Are you gonna go to the next episode? Are you going to share these episodes with other people and do as I ask to help us spread this out all over the world? Because I believe if you get value from something, then you have a moral obligation to share that with other people. I'll never charge money for this podcast, but the only thing I request from you is if you get value out of this, share it. Go on to iTunes, give a review, give us a star rating, preferably a five-star rating. Take a screenshot of this and post it on your social media and invite others to listen because this podcast is all about bringing the very best tools, resources, ideas, imagination, and most importantly, the doers to you. So you can learn the fast track. You can eliminate trial and error learning and hear it right from the people that are doing it. I hope you love this podcast. I am treating this like it's something that I love as well. I'm passionate about this. And we're using this forum to spread these messages of hope, of success, of knowing that there are predictable patterns of success in anything it is that you want to do. I want to be the person that brings that to you. And you can listen to this while you're driving, while you're working out, while you're at home, even while you're with your kids. Let the kids get some value out of it too. Next up, I'm going to share my story with you. You may not know me historically, but in this next session of the podcast, I'm going to share a little bit about my background and I'll talk to you at the end. Thanks again. I look forward to serving you. So, Gene, for the audience members who don't know who you are, tell us your story. I had a great opportunity to get into a sales role with a little company back in 1990 called Gateway Computers. At that time, we were a small computer company. And if you followed that story, we went from being a tiny computer company selling computers out of a tin shed in a cornfield in North Sioux City, South Dakota, over 10 years, we built that into an $11 billion company. In the middle of all that, I was started on the phone selling computers at night with a headset on, and I got turned on to personal development. I was given a couple books, one of them called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and I read another one called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that was my first understanding of realizing that the more I work on myself and on my mindset, on my skills, my strategies, communication, leadership, and management, the better I got on the job. And that changed my life forever. I would find myself listening to cassettes at night. I'd find myself listening to CDs while I drove around of some of the greats, everybody from Tony Robbins to Jim Rohn to Zig Ziglar, if you remember that name. And it gave me a different level of, of positivity, of optimism, of just a, a stronger mindset. And as this company grew, I grew. And I got into bigger positions. I moved into management, then leadership eventually building out their entire sales training programs and, and teaching people the steps of the sales process of how to sell over the phone. That led to me having a, a corporate role 
in going after big, big, big deals. And in 1997, I sold one of the largest deals in the history of the company. And shortly after that, the president came to me and said, I want you to go teach everybody else how to do what you just did. Now, little did I know at that time, I was just doing my job and and the, the more I would read, the more I would learn, the more I could articulate that in front of audiences. Sometimes they were eight people, sometimes it was 800 people. Mm-hmm. And it accelerated everything. I eventually left that company. I was the director of sales for the public sector division. I was running about $800 million of business and realized it was time to move on. After 11 and a half years, it was just the company had changed. The stock had gone from 80 to five. So all that invisible paper money, those millions that I thought I was worth were suddenly worth nothing. And you know, one of the lessons that I learned you know, in my 30s was if you have paper money, meaning stock options and so forth, that doesn't mean that you go spend your earned money like a drunken sailor. (laughs) But I did all that. Cars and the houses and the jet skis and all the stuff. Huge mistake I learned. I was super fortunate shortly after that to get a call from an executive recruiter to go work for somebody who was my, I don't know, hero might be the wrong word, but was Tony Robbins. Now, most people... You've heard of Tony Robbins, the personal development, the motivation guy is how most people know him. I had studied his work for over 10 years while I was building my career at Gateway. And he wanted to bring in a Fortune 500 exec to help get his sales force and his marketing teams aligned and for his company to grow. And little did I know that was going to be a huge pivot point in my life, realizing that I could combine my passion for learning and be able to communicate that on a mass scale. I took courses in public speaking. I learned how to speak on big stages and eventually became the opening speaker for Tony Robbins around the world. And, you know, you see those pictures of those great big arenas with 5, 10, 15, 20,000 people. I became that, the other guy, the opening band for Tony Robbins. Then, you know, as fate usually has it for all of us, I became friends with a guy named John Asaraf. Now, if you remember back in the mid-90s, there was a movie that came out, or the mid-2000s, a movie came out called The Secret, where it talked about the mindset of success. And the secret was something called the law of attraction, which basically says this, what you think about the most, you tend to attract into your life. Now, Most of you have heard that. Maybe some people are listening or watching right now and you're rolling your eyes going, okay, there's some woo-woo California stuff here, but hang with me here. I'm Iowa to the core, by the way. What that did was became the first, once Oprah got her hands on it, became one of the first mainstream personal development books and videos to ever hit our planet, right? In most cases, inspiration and personal development was in pockets, but the secret went global. I started working with somebody I became friends with and, and he put the bug in my ear and maybe this is something that many of the listeners or viewers have gone through where you say, he said, look, you're going to make a good living working for somebody else. And I was making a good living. I wasn't rich, but I was doing fine. And think about in your 30s, nice house, couple nice cars, kids in preschool, those kind of things. Yeah. But he said, you're, you're never going to experience financial freedom. He said, he said, at least it's exceptionally rare where you experience financial freedom, the ability to live off the results of your own personal resources. He said, you'll never do that working for somebody else. And in 2007 is when I made the jump. So I had a coveted job, global VP of sales for Tony Robbins, 
opening speaker. I'm kind of have some little micro level of fame. I get recognized and, you know, social media was not prevalent then like it is now. And I made that move and boy, was it scary. You know, you walk away from a, you know, guaranteed base every two weeks, your compensation coming in, you're, I never really had to think about health benefits. I always worked for somebody and making that move was one of the scarier things professionally I've ever done, but something that I would, I would never not do, right? Mm -hmm. to, to now be able to be in control of my time, be in control of doing the things I want to do, when I want to do them, with who I want to do them. The ability to not miss practices and Little League games or basketball games or dance recitals. So the fulfillment, you know, there's two things we have to think about as professionals. One is the science of achievement, being able to create the outcomes that we want. And there's a science to building a business. There's a science to building a body. There's a science to building a great relationship, right? But the other thing that most people miss, they can figure that out. But why is it there are people that seem to have everything? right? They seem to have the nicest cars and the biggest houses and the nicest watches, yet inside they're freaking miserable. So there's a second part that we have to get great at, which is the art of fulfillment. Fulfillment is happiness. I mean, at the end of the day, when the smoke all clears, what we really want is to be happy. We want to reduce stress. We want to be able to, to do things, say things, create things, be around people that lift us up. Most people miss being a student of fulfillment. And that's some of the biggest things I picked up from Tony Robbins. And then eventually, as I started my own company, and here I am 12 years later, now running a business that is a lifestyle business. That means that it doesn't own me. I own it. If there's a speaking engagement, if there's a, a new client that comes on board at this stage in my career, I'll go to the places I want to go to, but I'm not trekking my way to, you know, the middle of Missouri for a one hour keynote. I have other people that can do those things. Now in my business, because I stayed disciplined, I became a great student. By the way, it was, nothing was perfect. It was this kind, it was up, it was down. I had plenty of moments of holy, you know what, how am I going to pull this one out? And I've had plenty of moments where there was more money coming in than I could ever imagine in my life. I've been in that stage and I've been in the, the lowest of lows of going, okay, uh, we had a crisis 2008, 2009, 2010, where everything went sideways. I've been through this rodeo before of economic crisis. Life is like the seasons and business is like the seasons. And for every year in recorded history, 6,000 years of recorded history, there's always going to be a, a summer, a fall a winter and a spring, and it's in that order. Now, one of the keys for all of us to get is this, that anticipation is ultimate power in business. And to be able to anticipate anything, you've got to be able to understand patterns. Part of success in anything, life and business and relationships, is being somebody that can recognize patterns. It's simplified, it's called pattern recognition. You know, you think about, about every 10 years in recorded history, we have a giant economic recession. That's not me pontificating. Go all the way back to the depression. Go all the way back to 9-11, to uh, the housing crisis, to where we are right now. And even if you think about it, 
last fall as the Dow is in 28,000, starting to veer into 29,000, February it's 29,000, or January is 29, February starts moving like, oh my gosh, we're going to break 30,000. Yet many people were saying, hey, we're at about 11 years now, depending on when you consider the housing crisis, you know, it kind of started early 2008, but it really didn't hit hard till 2009 and 2010 when people were losing their homes because they were overextended. Every indicator in the world was suggesting something was coming. However, the market is going nuts, right? It's rising and rising and rising. It's easy to get money from a credit standpoint. Companies are hiring like never before. We have less than a 3% unemployment. Nothing could stop us. President Trump is in an election year. That's where my head was. He's not going to let this economy fail. But every 10 years in recorded history, something happens. In this case, it was something unexpected. Now, what did I learn from 2008? Well, first of all, I committed that never before would I put myself under the financial strain of something happening in the economy outside of my control. So have a financial planner and we made a side fund that was a conservative investment side fund. And all I did was take 10% of every check I got, automatically came out, went into this other fund. And eventually I used some of it to, as it accumulated, I used some of it for investments, some of it in safe mutual funds, some of it I just kept in cash. And it's the tortoise in the hair, man. You know, we were talking before this and you were asking me about my stress levels and I'm like, I'm not stressed. I said, I've, I've been financially preparing for this. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to use that money. I'm doing everything in my power not to use that money, but I sleep at night. I, I know that whatever is needed is handled. Yeah, we've skinned down our, you know, we're not eating out at nice restaurants three times a week. And, you know, we've skinned some things down like everybody should be. But I was prepared for this moment financially, mentally, emotionally. I didn't know what was going to hit. And, and I'm not saying that to impress anybody. I'm saying that because if you can understand the patterns of business and you can anticipate what could happen and you're in preparatory mental levels at all times, you don't get crippled by these crises. In hindsight, I would have focused even more of working on myself and on my business versus the tactical elements of working in the business. And there's a difference. I would have looked at myself objectively and my business objectively to say, what skill sets do we need to acquire now to set us up for two, four, and 10 years down the road. In hindsight, I would have done that. That means I would have taken a, a course on copywriting. I would have taken courses, because you can get courses anywhere. You know, and, and by the way, I'm a firm believer that if there's a skill set you want, don't dabble around on YouTube trying to watch free videos. Well, you can get some ideas and insights, but go invest the money in yourself and go to the course. Find the person that's the best at what it is you want to do and read their books. Something different happens when you spend some money, you fly to the city, and you go to the course for three to five days when you're immersed with other like-minded people that want to learn that skill set. In hindsight, I would have been all over social media. And we haven't done a bad job, but I have witnessed people using social media. So let's talk about, originally it was Twitter and YouTube. 
Then it migrated to Facebook. Then it migrated a few years ago to LinkedIn. Uh, I've done pretty well on LinkedIn. And now today it's Instagram and the young kids are doing uh, Snapchat. Now TikToks, right? But I would be staying in the forefront of those things and going all in. I didn't do that. I was so busy serving clients and like, yeah, we'll get to that, you know, kids stuff. But, you know, now there's, there's people that have, you know, I just interviewed a guy last October that just got his two billionth minute watched on YouTube. His name is Ty Lopez. Now, this guy is a multi, multi, multi millionaire and large party did it through YouTube. And that's because he jumped on that trend, whatever. But what, and this is something that everybody needs to get as an entrepreneur is that you want to be where the attention is and you don't get to control the attention. 40 years ago, all attention was in radio. Then it was TV. Right? Just think about these migrations. Um, prior to radio, your attention was on the newspaper. Prior to newspaper, your attention was on the mail. I mean, just do the math, right? So wh- where are people putting their attention? Then it migrated from radio to TV. Then it went from TV to what we knew as the, the World Wide Web. And then it went from World Wide Web as technology increased to this social media platform. You've got to be where people's attention is. And if you're the person that's adding the most value, if you're teaching and educating, I mean, nobody wants to see a large giant sales pitch, but if you become the ultimate teacher in your marketplace, those are the people that dominate. 10 years ago, I I would have published, in hindsight, if I could do it again, I would have published my first book 10 years ago versus two years ago. I knew I wanted to write a book. Every time I spoke, people would say, where's your book? Where's your book? And I was the guy that was perpetually working on it. And it wasn't until I got serious in 2017 and said, I'm going to get this thing published and I'm going to get it done. I invested some money in it. I, I went and hired a firm to help me get it done. It's called, they're called uh, Scribe Media and, you know, plopped down a, a good chunk of money, $32,000. But I hired a team around me because just me sitting at a computer was not working, right? When, so when you're coaching Little League and putting the kids to bed at night and you've been on the phone or traveling, it's, you know, to sit down at a computer at 11 at night and say, okay, come on ideas, show up. You know, I dabbled and there's a difference between committing to something and dabbling on something. And most people dabble. They get excited about the gym membership in January. Then they don't go in March and beyond. They get excited about whatever. But here's one thing I want everybody to get as humans. It is proven. We tend to radically overestimate what we can do in 30 days, but we underestimate like crazy what we can do over a year or two years. Go backing back to, you know, why am I not stressed in this financial turmoil? Because I've been planning and plotting a little bit at a time over the course of time. The book was the same thing, right? Once I got serious and I hired somebody, a team of professionals to do all the stuff, getting a book to a bestseller or even getting a book published, let's just leave it at that. It's not just typing on a Word doc. I mean, there's there's graphic designs, there's editing, there's proofreading, there's cover design, there's how do you get it on Amazon? How do you set it up for Kindle? How do you set it up for hardcover versus softcover? It's, it's, a, it's a huge undertaking. But I have found every time I've invested money in myself, I've gone to the very best I could find to get education and the skill set. I've immersed myself in it. So I didn't, dab- dabbling means you do it, then you stop and you do it and you stop. And there's a difference between 
dabbling and being committed. Committed people do whatever it takes. And they're not just thinking 30 days out, they're thinking one year, two years, and five years out. That's where massive success lies, as well as peace and happiness. Go get a free chapter of my book. I took my very favorite chapter, and it's my most unique stuff, something that you won't read everywhere else. I mean, most sales books or articles you read, it's like kind of a regurgitation of the same stuff. This is the best chapter in the book, chapter seven, called How to Run the Perfect First Meeting. Now, if you're a solopreneur, then the odds are you are the person that's sitting down and doing the consults, whether it's through Zoom, over the phone, or eventually it'll be back in person. Those first meetings determine whether you're going to be in a deal, whether they're going to consider working with you or not. And they're critical, yet very few people spend time planning out how to run the perfect first meeting. So I'm going to give you that chapter. So just go to thesalesedge.co thesalesedge.co. It's not .com. I couldn't buy that. <laughs> so it's thesalesedge.co. Put in your first name and your email. You'll have instant access to that chapter. And some of you are going to read the chapter and like it and you'll buy the book, which is great. And if not, that's great too. But self-education is what's going to separate you from the pack. Working on yourself, working on your skill sets, not dabbling in your skill sets, but committing to your skill sets it's what's going to make the difference of where you are now versus where you are at the end of the year. Where you are at the end of the year versus where you are at the end of 2021. The difference is going to be your education and the people you're around.